0: Them dark and dusty Let in some boy come get my trunk i I'm here tonight. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Meryl Streep and the Movies with Zachary Scott Johnson and Meryl McNally. I'm Zachary Scott Johnson. It's been a while since our last episode. We had an unexpected hiatus, but we're glad to be back with you. As promised, today we're delivering our tribute episode to the late, great Carrie Fisher, who has a lot of Meryl Streep connections. I wanted to take a minute to invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you use to download it. It really does help, and we thank you for your review so far. You can also get in touch with us by emailing us at MerylStreetPodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, MerylStreetPodcast at gmail.com. We're ready to start today's show. Okay, everyone, we're back for another episode of Meryl Streep and the Movies. I'm here with my friend Meryl McNally. Meryl, how are you? It's been a while.
1: I'm good. Hi, everyone. It has been a while.
0: We took Thank an you. we took an unexpected. <laughs> Thank
1: you for all of your patience with me in the scheduling debacle.
0: <laughs> well, it started. It started as my fault because I went to New York um, and was gone for a little bit. I was really the reason that the first week didn't happen, and then we've just had. Uh, and I've I've been part of the problem a couple times too. It wasn't just you. Um, <laughs> so it's. But you were doing a show.
1: Yeah, I was uh, my 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 new theater company just put on Shrek the Musical, and it was it was an adventure. It was very successful, but very time consuming. And so it, it it took me out of our podcast for a while. And then I I ended up in in Phoenix at some leadership conferences, and right. you, you name it, I was doing it. So well, good, but. Yeah. I'm so glad to finally
0: talk. Yeah, me too. We appreciate our audience sticking with us. I'm not sure. In some of the reviews people have left, I've noticed people were commenting on on the absence, but I hadn't really heard much from people upset about it. The example that I would like to give right now is one of my favorite podcasts is uh, Kevin Smith, and uh, he he does a he does a podcast about. Do you remember the television show Frasier from like the '90s and the early 2000s? Oh, yeah. So yeah, he, yeah, loved it. he and another guy do what they call um, commentary tracks that nobody asks them to do. So like every episode of their podcast, they'll watch a <laughs> Frasier episode and just talk about it, even though, as is the case with most Kevin Smith shows, he ends up talking about like the Terminator and stuff like there's actually very little Frasier content, but it's all based around this idea of it's a commentary track for specific episodes. They stopped doing it for a year out of the blue and then all of a oh, sudden wow. came back so the fact that we were gone for two months like you know it is what it is <laughs> we're sorry we will try not <laughs> no, to do it right. again but you know it's a way life sometimes just gets in the way sometimes it's hard yeah
1: yeah so. it definitely does but we're gonna we're gonna get a few more episodes out here uh, a little more quickly this time
0: yeah yeah starting with Today, um if people remember from 2 months ago, we did tell them that we were going to do a, a Carrie <laughs> Fisher episode, which at the time was maybe a little bit more timely. Um but we're right. st- we're still going to do it just because we or I anyway tried to watch as many of these Carrie Fisher movies as I could. So <laughs> we're still going to do a Carrie Fisher episode and there's a connection to Meryl there, so. Yes. Um
1: yes, and I uh I um, I have intermittently reviewed re- reviewed and sort of been revisiting her stuff as well, so I'm excited to talk about her. Yeah. I do, I do love her dearly.
0: Yeah, she's great. Um, so maybe before we even get into that, let's keep our first segment alive, which is the What Have You Been Watching Lately? This is dangerous because it's been two months, so I'm not sure what you want to talk I about.
1: I'll stick with what I'm watching right now. Okay. <laughs> um. I again. I've been sticking with a lot of TV. I, sure. I, I um, you know, because I can do it an episode at a time and and with my schedule. So I've been watching two shows that are Hulu originals: The Handmaid's Tale. Which oh, has a lot of buzz. Yeah. And Harlots.
0: Interesting. Which
1: I've, is really cool. I've
0: yeah. been curious about yeah. both of those. Have you watched those. either? I've not, but I've been curious about both of them. How are they? Give me your thoughts on those.
1: Harlots. Um, what really interests me in Harlots right away is you watch the preview. It's very um, the, the the color. Just, it's so vibrant that you're sort of like, what is this? And I took a look at its credentials, and it is created by women, written by women, directed by women, and stars almost all women, which is very unusual and very cool, especially when you're talking about a production team. Yeah, very cool. Um, one of the only major uh, uh, production team members, that's a man that's the costume designer, and, oh, the costumes are phenomenal. Um, also, one of the directors... Um, her name, I think her name is Koki Godrick. I've been following her for a while because she directed um, uh, a version of Oliver Twist for Masterpiece Theater that just was phenomenal. It just totally stood out to me. And it, <clears throat> it starred Tom Hardy before he kind of hit it big in, in the U.S. And she's worked with him quite a bit on Masterpiece stuff, oh. on uh stuff for... Um, BBC and uh, she's just really good I love her work and so she directed several of the episodes and uh, it's good cool. it's really good I'm gonna she's, check that it, out it's about harlots in England yeah yeah you should It's it's got um, Jessica Brown Finley
0: oh yeah I know who that is I didn't know she was on that show cool She she's good yeah
1: and it's got some really fantastic stage actresses too like Kate Fleetwood, and and uh, yeah Cool. Yeah, so I highly recommend that. The Handmaid's Tale is also phenomenal. Kate Moss, or uh, Elizabeth Moss, hits it out of the park again. Yeah, and uh, it's just really, really intense. Uh, I mean, it just hits a little too close to home. And uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 a dystopian future. Yep. Where there's an infertility issue, and you know, the women who can't have children are turned into breeding machines. <laughs>
0: Yeah, speaking and, of timely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's
1: really intense.
0: Yeah. That one is very high on my list of, of things to watch next. I actually, I just moved. Uh, and so it's...
1: Yes, congratulations.
0: Thank you. And so um, I'm not in, I we had talked in previous episodes, I talked at length about how I kind of lived in the middle of nowhere. And um, I'm not in that particular situation. I'm in a city now, which is very good. Um, but it's it is exciting. But with all of that, like so much stuff has been moved. In fact, I need to find my box of Meryl Streep DVDs because I'm not, it's one of those situations where everything is so scattered. I don't know where stuff is. And so the TV isn't hooked up. Um, and I'm much less likely to watch Hulu and Netflix on like tablets and stuff like that. I kind of like to watch it on, on the TV. So, um, it, it is yeah. high on my list of, of things to watch. Harlots was too, I guess I can't say it was ranking near the top, although you made it sound pretty good, so I guess I will, I'll check it out, but um, Handmaid's Tale has got so much buzz that, and you know, everybody's saying how timely it is, Um, so I've been curious about that. Are all the episodes out for Handmaid's Tale, or is this, are they releasing it weekly?
1: They released three initially, and then they've been releasing them weekly on um they say they air on Wednesdays, but they really they, they hit Hulu um, I think at midnight Eastern time on essentially Tuesday night. So Oh okay. Yeah, so it's Wednesday East Coast and so they toss them up there. Okay. Yeah. And um yeah, yeah, I recommend them both. What do you watch on
0: Well, you know,
1: I Oh ha- not much on those organizations.
0: Yeah, no, I haven't been watching much lately. I actually, I thought of a couple of things um, that I could potentially talk about. So maybe I'll, I'll ask you what would be most interesting to hear about. Um, so I went to New York two months ago and I saw Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard. And I also saw Kate Blanchett in a play called The Present. So I could talk about those two things. Uh-huh. Um, I managed. Yep,
1: I want to hear about both of
0: those. <laughs> I managed to see all of the Oscar movies from this year, with the exception of L. That's the only one I haven't seen. Um, so anything from that little thing, and um, I did end up seeing two movies in the theater. I saw them the same day. It was a situation where I was playing shows. Um, I was booked in a in the same city on a Friday and a Saturday. And so Saturday, I had all day free because I didn't have to travel anywhere. You know, it was the same city. And so I went to see right. I went to see two movies. I saw the the King Kong one, which I wasn't particularly thrilled to see. I wasn't excited to see it. That's not really my kind of movie. Although I liked it, but I, I, I it just seemed like the best option. I wanted to go see a movie, and that seemed like the best option. I probably wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Sure. Although again, I did think it was good. Um, and I also. I don't know how you feel about this. I might have snuck into a second movie just because I had so much time to do. I know <laughs> I know, some people I, are not I'm a fan of that. I be guilty of that. I do that all the time, actually. I know it's not the most ethical thing in the world, but um, I don't know. It is. So I, I ended up seeing a movie, and it was one of those situations where I actually knew literally nothing about the movie outside of the title. It just happened to be the closest. It happened to be the one that was playing next, and it was a movie called Before... I think it was called Before I Go. Um, have you heard? I think it's called that. I might be wrong on the title. I should look it up. It it's basically was like Groundhog Day, except not funny. It was uh, like a high school girl oh. reliving the same day over and over again and kind of... Realizing that the choices that she was making had some consequences. And so, again, I mean, like, Groundhog Day, except not funny, makes it sound like a bad movie, but, I mean, it's not intended as a comedy. It was. It has the same premise of the same day happening over and over again, but with more of a dramatic flair to it. And it starred... Who was in it? It starred Leah Thompson's daughter. I think her name is Zoe Deutsch. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right. Um, she's been in a lot of movies lately, although the batting average hasn't been great in terms of the like more high profile movies that she's been in. She was in a movie recently called Why Him with James Franco and um I'm yeah, blank. I heard
1: of that actually.
0: and Brian Cranston and she was in uh, another charmer Dirty Grandpa with Robert De Niro and Zac Efron. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, So I saw both of those on on DVD when they came out and and this one, too. And I have to say she has a fantastic presence on screen. Um, She really is. I I think she's going to be something. I guess I'm not sure because most of the films that she's done have been kind of lighter. Um, You know, I'm not sure how her how she would rate as a dramatic actor. She was very good in this. And she's just one of those people who, like, the screen, the camera really loves her. You know, like, there's a real warmth about her. Um, Yeah. So I'm interested to see what she does next. She was – the movie was fine. It wasn't great. It certainly wasn't bad. Um, I'm not the primary demographic for this movie either. I'm sure it was intended for – high school kids, and in particular, high school girls, probably, because that was who the movie was about and who it was aimed at. But, um, you know, I I didn't think it was bad. And, again, I thought she was good. I thought the other people in the movie were good. I don't remember too much about it. Her mother was played – I think her mother was played by Jennifer Beals, if I'm remembering this correctly. Um, so it wasn't a huge name-brand cast, but it was decent. Um, right.
1: God, movies like that don't come to my town. Yeah, I just I just looked it up. Yeah, before I fall.
0: Before I fall, yeah. But anyway, uh, did you see the Kong? Cool. Did you see the Kong movie, the King Kong movie? I didn't. Oh, okay. I, I
1: didn't. I was I was curious about it because I I really like Brie Larson.
0: Yeah. I do too. I think um, she's good.
1: Yeah, and you know what, Tom Tom Hiddleston and his whole. His whole shtick kind of fascinates me as well, and and I do enjoy watching him on screen. So, and and the thought of him in sort of an action flick like that was intriguing. Yeah. Um. But I just, I just didn't get to the theater to see it.
0: It was good. Like I say, that's so, not. It's not really. A like,
1: renter? Should I rent it?
0: I think so. I mean, it's certainly one of those movies too, where like the bigger the screen, the better, for pretty obvious reasons. Um, right. I don't know. I think the reason I'm not too keen on those movies, although this one was less than the like more recent Peter Jackson remake or even going back to the one in the 70s with Jessica Lange and Jeff Bridges, where like, I don't know, I don't, I, this may sound like a strange thing to say, but one of my things that I just can't watch in movies is like any time an animal is being harmed in any way. Does that make sense? And King Kong is it kind of... It, you,
1: you and I are friends for a reason. Yeah. I can't even watch Homeward Bound. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, I have a very difficult time with even animals in distress.
0: Oh, I do too. And
1: I can't, which, which is so funny because I can sit down and watch, I mean, I'm not crazy about war movies where people are getting shot up, right. but I handle that much better than any, even a fictional animal like King Kong.
0: Yep, me too. Me like too. Like this. So there, yeah. there are some trigger might warnings. Be a yeah, there are some trigger warnings in this, although um, I guess I'm not sure if this ends up being a spoiler alert, but it kind of becomes apparent partway through the movie that King Kong isn't really the threat, um, that there is another threat there, which also happens to be an animal. But it's that kind of like. It's so over the top. It's like it's it's kind of like the violence of like a war movie where it seems very real versus the violence of a Tarantino thing where you're like, well, Jesus, like you know, like what's the difference at this point? (laughs) Like you know, come on. It's kind of the equivalent of that where this particular animal, I didn't feel any sadness about you know what happened to it just because it was it wasn't even first of all a realistic animal and it was so anyway I won't go into it too much but um but they. It has yeah, some that makes sense. it has some good production values. It was interesting enough, you know, the time flew by. Samuel L Jackson and John Goodman are always good for, you know, I, I I'll see anything that those two guys are in. Um, and Brie Larson yep. is great. I wish Brie had more to do in this movie. Um but um
1: shocking that she didn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it actually kind cool of Hollywood it kind of, to me, was a little shocking how little she had to do with it, to tell you the truth. I mean, I know what you mean in that, you know, like, it's it's kind of her and a bunch of guys. And, like, you know, thank oh, yeah. thank God it was somebody strong like her who's just, you know, going to fight that battle and, and do the best she can. Um, it would be so much more interesting if, there was, if it were flipped, though. I mean, where is that King Kong movie? Truly, like, where is that King Kong movie where it's... Right. Wouldn't it be? It would be great. I'd be I'd be happy to go see that movie. But it was shocking because I mean she was also just coming off a best actress win, you know. I mean, like it really you would think that they would have given her something to do and it just utilized there's like her nothing. more. Yeah. But she's good in it what she what she does. So um, Yeah. So yeah, let me I So tell
1: me tell me about Sunset Boulevard and the
0: present. Okay. Um, so I saw the present first when when I I think I got to New okay. York late on Sunday and Monday all the theaters are dark um, and I already had tickets for Wednesday's Wednesday evening's performance of Sunset Boulevard so I went to the Tuesday of Kate Blanchett's show there were so many things playing that Sunset Boulevard was the one I knew like I couldn't. I couldn't bear to miss it. So I got tickets for that one in advance. And I just thought, well, on Tuesday, I'm going to go see what I can get, like do the lottery system, see what I can get cheap tickets for. And so Kate Blanchett's show, the present had a week left. They were near, very near the end of the run. They had about three or four shows left. And, um, wow. It's an Anton Chekhov play. It would, do you know anything about the, the script, the present?
1: I don't. I mean, I knew it was Chekhov, but I, I don't know anything about it. I knew it was playing in New York. I really wanted to go see it because they had brought they had brought it from Sydney, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they did it in Sydney. a the, theater
1: company in Sydney. Yep. Yeah.
0: The entire cast and and um, background, yeah. you know, background crew. Um, so I guess the story. I didn't know anything about this script either. Um, so Chekhov, I guess this is was maybe his first real attempt at a play. He wrote this when he was very young and it wasn't okay. even discovered until like 50 years after his death they found it in like a lock storage box at some bank that his that was under his sister's name or something bizarre like that oh. it was you know i mean it was years after he died that they discovered this you know unproduced wow. unknown checkoff play and so it was updated by somebody and it is set as if it were actually it's not set currently it's set like in the 90s or maybe even the 80s i can't remember um, so it's okay. it's very contemporary feeling. It's one of those where I was expecting it to kind of have a checkoff feel and it was completely contemporary. It was just based off of this idea of a checkoff play. Um cool. it was really great. It was really great. Um we got lottery tickets and we so we had the like the box seats that were I could have reached out and touched Kate Blanchett. I mean, she was feet away from me. Oh. It was amazing. Oh my God. I could not have been That's amazing. and especially since it was a it was in a box, it was like you're on top of the stage. I mean, like I made I I said I think I made eye contact with every single actor in the show at some point or another. I mean, we were just like it it was almost eerie how close we were to the stage. Um,
1: that is so amazing.
0: It was it was really it's a very, uh, it's hard to describe without like getting into the plot, but it, it really is a fascinating script and it goes in a lot of different directions. It, um, there's a lot of chaos in the play. There's a lot of um, intensity as is usually the case with Chekhov's plays. Um, there's a lot of intensity and it's just, it was, it was fantastic. She was wonderful in it as, which is no surprise, I'm sure. Um no. Yeah, I guess I'm not really sure what else to say about it other than I really enjoyed it. I, yeah. you know, had it been still going, I would say everybody go see it, but it, it closed two months ago, so... Um, yeah.
1: It, isn't it isn't it really amazing to be that close to the actors? I had that... I don't know if I've talked about it. I had that experience in, in London. Um, I went to go see a production of Lady by the Sea with... Um, natasha richardson
0: oh really cool
1: and um at the time of a very unknown benedict cumberbatch oh cool and we were that uh, we were it was um you know three-quarter thrust theater box box theater and there was a balcony level but the balcony level was i mean you were so close to the actors it was a very small small theater and so we were in front row Balcony Center. I mean the same thing happened. You make eye contact with the actors numerous times and you just feel so involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool.
1: It's so cool.
0: One of the actors, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Kate Blanchett, but one of the supporting characters, which there weren't many. I think the whole cast had eight or nine people, but one of them literally waved to me during the, the curtain call. <gasps> I it really did. So it felt cool. it felt so strange to be that close. I don't want to oversell that, but it really did. It felt like you were part of the show. It was really cool. But,
1: if, or like you're intruding somehow. Did you get that feeling? I kind of felt like that when that happened to me. You're just like, oh, hey, I shouldn't be here. Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> I did. I didn't have that particular experience with this one, just because the whole script was so. It basically. It, each act, so there were three acts, and it felt like, um, although they kind of squeezed... They only did one intermission, so they kind of squeezed it together in an interesting way. But um, each of the acts takes place in a different room of this kind of summer villa, basically. And um, so, you know, each one, they would rotate the set, basically, and so you got a different feel. So it just felt like... Um, Oh, how oh, cool. It felt like every because everything was happening in a in a room, you know, each each time it was happening in a single room that everything was kind of insulated and I didn't feel like I was necessarily intruding so much as I felt like I was a fly on the wall um observing. And right. so I didn't feel like I was necessarily a distraction so much as just like had the best seat in the house by pure coincidence, really. Um Okay, so then that leads me into the following night. Oh, the other thing with The Present was at the theater it was in, and I, I should remember which one. It, I think it was the Ethel Barrymore Theater. It was a very okay. was a very small theater, tiny theater for a Broadway theater. Yeah. I'm not sure that I've been in a smaller Broadway theater. Um, wow. And so then the following night, went to see Sunset Boulevard, which is in without a doubt, the biggest Broadway theater I've ever seen. I mean, we were in like the third balcony way up top, you know, like everybody was just a little, you know, tiny little dot down there. So the experience could not have been more different between the two. Um Which was fun in a way, but Sunset Boulevard being, you know, so important to me, I kind of wish it had been not, I don't wish it had been the other way around because it was so cool to see the present in the way that I did. But, you know, I wish I had managed to find closer seats for Sunset Boulevard. It didn't ruin the experience, but I felt very removed from the show um, just because I was so far away. Um, there are some nice things like you could see people making their entrances before most of the house could, you know, from way up top. So there are little things like that, that you kind of got a different perspective. But, um, so I think I've mentioned on our podcast before, I'm actually really not much of a musical theater person. It's not my favorite genre at all. Um, but I have a real soft spot for Sunset Boulevard and I don't know why. I just have always really loved the show. Um, I know a lot of people will tell you it's not even a particularly good musical theater show, but I, there's something about it I've always just loved. And I think actually a lot of I it- I love it. I think a lot of it has to do with Glenn Close. I mean, like it's just such an iconic, such a focused performance and such a like really just wonderful performance. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She, she's pretty phenomenal. How how was she? she was, I'm assuming she was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, she was great. Um I really liked the take that they did this time because they, you know, my I don't know this of course. Like this is just my kind of projecting, but I I have a sense. You know, they've been trying to do a movie version of Sunset Boulevard for years and years and years. Like since since the original, like, 1994 or whatever. Of the musical. Right, of, of this version, the Andrew Lloyd Webber version. Right. And my guess is that's what this is, is it's a test to see, like, how the audience responds. I have no reason, I like, again, I don't know anything that anybody else doesn't know, but that's really what it feels like to me, is just seeing, what like, what do people think about this, you know? Um, and it was packed. I mean, I they had to extend the run because so many people have been coming to see it. And again, it is an enormous theater. So they are packing people wow. in. I think people are still interested. I've So Glenn got a couple mid-show standing ovations which I've only ever seen one other time. Oh, the, really? Yes. When she sang As If I've Never wow. Said Goodbye at the beginning of Act 2, she got a long standing ovation. She got one... I think she got one for with one look in Act One too. It was maybe a partial standing ovation for that one, but you know that kind of thing where the where the applause goes on for so long that it be you know like they didn't stop and acknowledge it, but they may as well have. Like there was that like such an extended moment. Wow. Yeah. So people were eating it up, Um, and I'm all for it. You know, I think this is just like this is the role she was born to play. It is just.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: This and Patty Hughes from Damages. That one is too good, too. I can't (laughs) imagine anybody else doing that. But, um, you know, I hope they do make a movie, and I hope it wins her the Oscar, because, like, it's just so – it's just – I mean, it's just something that everybody should see. It's just such an incredible – work that piece of work that she does that it's just so good you know even being in the third balcony i couldn't just i couldn't have been happier to be there in the room watching her do it you know it was just so
1: i can't yeah i can't imagine
0: yeah so anybody who like me was kind of like man i i need to make this happen go see it like it's just so good
1: what's amazing to me the um that people are, people are very nostalgic about it. So it was really powerful when she did it before, obviously. But I have, um, just, this is a little, a little off topic, but related in that I just watched, just watched the, the preview for the reboot of Will and Grace and they use, um, it's as if we never said goodbye. I
0: saw that too. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: I mean, it's, still, um, yeah, it's, it's still relevant. People are still, it's an interesting story and she's phenomenal. Yeah. She's so intense. She's so intense. Like I agree yeah. with you. I think she's born to play the part.
0: Um, I will say too, that particular song, um, I, again, it's probably because I'm not much of a musical theater person. That song never really did much for me. It's, I, I like the song. It's you oh, know, really? it's not something that I would skip over, but after seeing it live, I mean, I, I would have been the first one on my feet for that one. That's the one where she got like an, a really long full house standing ovation. It was, I think, it's just one of those pieces that, like, when you're in the room, it, it was magical when she sang that song. Yeah, and I believe it,
1: it. Yeah, that song is one of my favorites.
0: Is it again? I don't dislike the song. It just never transcended over you know CD. It never. Right. I liked it well enough, but it didn't like move me in a way that was over the top but being in the room as she's saying it she just really seems like you know now you now we know why she's won so many Tonys um because like she's just one of those people who like I think she really must put every ounce of her physical energy into her performance like I don't think she ever wavers and I imagine Meryl is the same way when she's on stage you know but like that sort of like just so in it you know, it's. Do you it's feel incredible. like she's
1: more at home on stage? Because just watching her on film, she's almost. You know, stage stage is somewhat bigger, right? Um, and and I always, I just sort of always instinctually feel like she's more comfortable there. Did you feel that way? Do you feel like? I
0: I did that night. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. I I guess I'm not sure. I I think she. Um.
1: I mean she's magnificent whatever she does
0: right yeah I guess I'd, I'd hesitate to say that because there's so much of her film work that I would I wouldn't want to like you know dis, discount I mean, yeah. uh, and again like damages I think is just like she couldn't have been better for that part there are so many things that she did that she was no. great for, even things that Man, she, she, was, she was so
1: good on that show yeah
0: she was Um, even things where she was more subtle, you know, there are, you know, not everything that she's ever played has been over the top, you know, like she, she's certainly capable of, you know, warm, actually, you know what, there's a movie that, um, I think it's called Nine. Oh man, what is it? It's with her and almost an exclusively, in fact, maybe it is exclusively, uh, female cast. It's with her and Sissy Spacek and Holly Hunter and a whole bunch of people. And they, it's these little vignettes. Do you know what I'm talking I about? I know what
1: you're talking about, yeah.
0: I can't remember what that no movie's called. not
1: remember the name. Is but it, she
0: and yeah. I, think it's, I think it's Dakota Fanning is her scene partner. They have just this beautiful little scene in that movie.
1: Well, okay, so when you were in New York, you got to... Meet someone very interesting, right? Didn't I, you talk to
0: somebody about Miles? Streep? I did. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I went Can to. Hello, uh, everybody. <laughs> we're never going to get to Carrie Fisher today, I don't think. Um,
1: no, we will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to go for my other podcast. I host another podcast called the Joni Mitchell podcast, which is somewhat self explanatory. I'm a singer songwriter and I love Joni Mitchell's work. And so I talked to, on that podcast, different people about usually their favorite Joni Mitchell record. And so I got to go to Edie Falco's house um, and talk to her about Joni Mitchell. Edie Falco, of course, from The Sopranos and Nurse Jackie. And, you know, she's another one who's done so many good things at listing like three or four individual projects is dismissing other things that she was great in, including wonderful theatrical work. So um, I won't list any more, but she's uh, pretty extraordinary. And, um, we talked, obviously, most of the time about Joni, and what was interesting was, you know, I said to her, well, you know, you're a super famous person. Of I'm guessing, like, you could have had the opportunity to meet Joni at some point. And she said, well, you know, she basically implied that she probably could have at some point, but had just didn't think she could handle it. And, in fact, has been kind of <laughs> debating whether to write... Joni Mitchell this letter to tell her how much she means to her Um, and so the reason I'm saying all of this is because then I say well you know I I do this other podcast about Meryl Streep and she said well she's another one and I said well give me something that I can drop into that podcast you know how do you feel about Meryl Streep and um, she she told me that she has met Meryl Streep quite a few times um, and the way she said it was She's not having any of it. And I thought, oh, like maybe there was some sort of moment. And she said, no, no, no. It's it's that thing where if you start complimenting Meryl Streep, she's just not interested in that. And in fact, she turns it around and she she told Edie Falco, well, you're the big one in my house. Everybody loves your shows and, and this and that. So she said that she's just oh. the nicest of, of people and she runs into her from time to time. And so, yeah, check out that episode. That's if very you want. cool. The Joni Mitchell um
1: Yes, check out that
0: podcast. Yeah. I thought you're only you
1: just do this one and, and your Johnny Mitchell podcast? Do you have Ye- another podcast?
0: No, these are the only two. I have I have a couple other ideas, but I think I can only handle two at a time. So when um right. when, when the time has come to your, and then you've
1: got your song song of the
0: day. Right. When the time has come to move on to another, you know, project, I have a couple in mind, but for now we're keeping it with these two. I don't think I could handle any more. <laughs> yes,
1: yourself
0: yeah <laughs> um so i'm wise i'm curious whether you heard again we're going back two months and what's funny is the the news about this broke i think the day after we taped our last episode have you heard the meryl streep news the the new movie that she signed on to do
1: oh uh, i don't think so if i did i've forgotten because a lot has happened. I've
0: slept since then. <laughs> but but not much, right? What
1: new, what new movie is she in? Yeah, so, not much. <laughs> she, Probably
0: part of the problem. Yeah. She, um, she and Tom Hanks are, are doing a Steven Spielberg movie called... Uh, I think What? It's, I know. Isn't it incredible?
1: That's unbelievable to me.
0: I know. I could not have been more excited when I saw this. They are the only two actors... Wow. Um, signed out. Okay, here's what's interesting. So it's it's a movie that sometimes is called the Untitled Steven Spielberg Project, but I have seen a title attached to it, which is The Post. Um, and it's a true story. It actually has some shades of um, All the President's Men, which is exciting to me because I love okay. that movie. I love that movie.
1: It's fantastic. So good.
0: So they're playing um, I... I don't want to get the newspaper wrong, but they're playing reporters um, struggling to release uh, information about the Pentagon Papers. So really not much is known about this, but it's a true story directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. Um, I can't wait. It seems like Oscar, like, just overload. You know what I mean? It just seems like a can't fail. Yeah. Um, So it was announced... Right around March 5th, and pretty much since then, there has been nothing said about it. Um, So I'm not sure what's going on, but I looked on IMDb and it has a release date, which is January of next, like this coming year, 2018, which means that it would be positioned to be an Oscar movie this year. Like, that's what happens. They do, like, a limited release in, De- you know, in December to get it in before the calendar year.
1: Right.
0: And then publicly release it in January. But I don't think it's started Gosh, filming I think yet. It's got to be
1: filming or about
0: I, you. I know. See, that's the thing is it It doesn't look like they've started filming, so I'm not sure how it's possible. You know, I mean, it takes a while to, to do post-production on movies. Yeah. So. Oh,
1: um, yeah. Interesting. I wonder... I wonder if they'll move the release date, and they, um, you know, it's in, I wonder. Yeah. Fascinating. I'm so excited. Yep. I mean, it has really, really bothered me that the top actress of all time has never worked with, you know, our top directors of all time, like Steven Spielberg and, and Martin Scorsese, and yep. part of that is because of the subject matter of their films, and we've talked about that. Yep. So it's huge. I'm so excited.
0: I am too and uh, I'm really excited about Tom Hanks is you know one of if not my favorite male actors so like the idea of them pairing up is very exciting for me too
1: I love it when they pair up yeah they do they do good stuff together
0: well they've never they've never done it oh uh, oh I see what you mean Tom Hanks and Spielberg I I meant yeah yeah I meant more explicitly like Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep like we've never seen them in a movie together I think that's really exciting no
1: that is So cool. It's so amazing. That really excites me. And no, I did not hear that news and forget because I wouldn't have
0: forgot that. That is good news. Yeah. So it's listed. Um, You can find stuff if you search like either the three names or the movie, the post. We'll try to keep every, we'll keep an eye on it and let people know what's going on as we hear things. But it's been, it's one of those uh, funny circumstances where they announced it and like everybody went nuts. It got like huge, you know. Oh, this is going to be great. And then like nothing silence for a couple of months. I think they're filming the Mary Poppins movie right now. And again, we don't know how big, oh,
1: yes.
0: we don't know how big Meryl Streep's part is in that. So, but it's possible maybe that they're, they needed to wait until that's done to start this one. I don't know. It just seems like a big time yeah. crunch to me. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. take time.
0: Yeah. So. Keep that's, an eye out on it. Yeah. That's our news. Should we dive into Carrie Fisher now that we've gone forty-five minutes? With
1: <laughs> yes, whoever's been waiting patiently <laughs> for us to talk about Carrie Fisher.
0: <laughs> so let's see where do, do we it. where do we start with Carrie Fisher? How many of the how many of Carrie Fisher's movies would you say that you've seen? Ballparking it, have you seen a lot of her movies?
1: Well, no. I mean, if I look at her IMDb and her her list of work, um. No, I've seen I, I've seen her most famous ones. Uh, you know, soap dish, uh, when Harry met Sally, obviously the Star Wars movies. Um, uh, I saw her in shampoo. Uh uh-huh. Um, what else? I did watch a uh, a bit of what is it called? Lover Boy
0: oh did you watch
1: Dempsey?
0: yeah did you watch that one I haven't seen I didn't seen watch the
1: whole thing I just watched clips of her in it so I haven't seen the whole film but I did watch a bit of her in it okay and 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 then um you know the new Star Wars movie I watched her I it's not really a film but I watched her one woman show on HBO yeah I watched the documentary Bright Lights
0: how is that her and her mother how is that one
1: oh it's 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 wonderful and strange and somewhat sad and really lovely okay i I recommend it i do you get you really get to see their their dynamic and, and i mean they were they were two sides of the same person in many ways and it makes total sense that they passed within days of each other sure because they had just really they had grown attached to one another in a way that I mean, they were very, they were very, um, I want to say codependent on each other without making, without making that sound like a bad thing. Yeah,
0: no, yeah. really
1: just depended on each other for survival.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense.
1: And Carrie Fisher, in large part, was absolutely Debbie Reynolds' caretaker, um, because, you know, like many women of her generation, I know my own grandmother was like this, Debbie Reynolds' didn't want to acknowledge her age or also accept help where she really needed help and the only person who could really break through that and get it done was Carrie Fisher. Interesting. Um, Yeah, and, um, you know, she'd sort of let her help begrudgingly, but she did. And um, she really took care of her in a really sweet, sweet way. So... Um, yeah, I highly recommend the documentary for everybody. It's, you know, if you have HBO, it's 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 there and available um, on their on demand or on your on the on the app, and um, I'm sure you can rent it as cool.
0: well. I've been looking to watch that. I don't know. I haven't been able to find the right platform to watch it on. I don't think, but um, I've I've been really hoping to see that one. So it's good to hear that it's it's good. Do you want to maybe? Um, What would you say are essential Carrie Fisher picks? Rather than kind of, you know, I thought, well, we could go through her IMDb and talk about each one. But really, people don't need us to do that. I mean, they can look at her IMDb, too. So, like, what are things that are kind of significant to you in Carrie's filmography, either as a writer or as an actress or or whatever? You know, what are things that what are some of your favorite Carrie Fisher pieces?
1: Uh, Well, obviously, Star Wars has a huge place. For me, okay. Um, I I grew up watching it, obsessed with it, and I, I I adored her. I thought she was the most beautiful person I have ever seen. I mean, I can remember just. I, I mean, I would like fast forward to Carrie Fisher scenes because she was so she was so dynamic on screen, and she was so sassy, you know. And I wanted to be so much like her. And it's interesting now, um, it's interesting, it's interesting now watching interviews or talking about how insecure she felt at the time, um, you know, and it, it kind of makes me sad. She, she couldn't, um, she couldn't process how wonderful she was, you know, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So Star Wars, definitely. I think that's true for almost everybody. I, I think when Harry met Sally.
0: Yeah. It's a good one.
1: Yeah. And as a, you know, as a writer, I mean, from The Edge, I know she's not in it, but oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, that's a connection to Meryl Streep, obviously. It's just so, it's just so phenomenal. Yep. I don't know. What about for you?
0: I think my most significant like respect and admiration of her has been as a writer you know i've read all of her books i own okay. all of her books both her you know both her works of i'm putting air quotes that you can't see but her works of fiction you know being postcards from the edge is not really fiction but it's a you know was done uh, the book postcards from the edge was um it, you'll find it in the fiction uh, section we'll put it that way even though it's probably not really right Um, And even some of her other novels of the time, Delusions of Grandma, uh, Surrender the Pink. She even did a a sequel to Postcards from the Edge. Um, And then after that, she started doing a series of memoirs, and she did three or four, including the most recent one, The Princess Diarist. But she did Wishful Drinking. She did Shock Therapy. um, I might be forgetting one. But... um, you know, I own all of those, and the memoirs I own them on um, Audible, which is—I think we might have talked about that. It's so great to hear her reading them. You know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's just I like her. That. It's her reading it, and um, so I think that's where I. You know, that's that's my strongest bit of connection to her. But I, I, of course, love her in the movies, too. I'm not really a Star Wars person, um, as I've talked about. I've right. I think I've seen them in bits and pieces, but never kind of sat down and watched them. Um, I did see the most recent one, not the, the one that she was in. I forget the names of them. Not the one with Felicity Jones, but the one that she was, that Carrie was in recently. I saw that one in the theater. The, the
1: Force Awakens.
0: Yeah. And... uh thought she was great in that. It was great to see her again, and it was great to see her have such a, I think it was a surprise that both she and Harrison Ford would have such big roles in those movies. You know, they were so secretive before they came out that it kind of seemed like maybe they would be cameos, or that's what it seemed like it would be to me.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, the fact that they were really, uh, truly integral parts of the movies was really great. Um,
1: It really was. Yeah. It really was. And I, I'm curious to know, um you know, I know she did some filming on this second film that's about to come out. Right. Um at Christmas. Or and um, you know, I I haven't really seen anything in terms of what was unfinished with her or um so I'm curious to know how they how they dealt dealt with her passing.
0: Yeah. Um I-
1: yeah, that'll
0: be interesting. I'm I'm curious about that too. My understanding, um, I won't I won't swear to this, but my understanding is she was originally supposed to be in the second and third movies, and I think she had yeah. finished her filming on the second one. So I don't think there's they'll they'll okay. probably acknowledge her passing in some way. I would imagine. I mean, that would be the classy thing for them to do. Um, but and there were talks at the time, and in fact, I think her brother had approved that they were going to somehow use her in the third one, even though she had filmed either nothing or very little, they were going to find ways to either digitally involve her or something. I can't remember, but I think they backtracked on that. And I think now, I think I read something the other day saying she's not, now these are also just things on the internet. So who knows? We won't, we probably won't know until the movies are out, but um, yeah. I think she's for sure an integral part of the second movie, and I think she had finished her filming. So um, it's it's mostly going to be interesting to see what happens with the third movie, I think. Um, Yeah. So we'll go. You know, the thing that I was kind of interested in as I was looking through her filmography here is like how much work she did mostly supporting, but you know, she did take some interesting kind of leading roles in a lot of stuff in from like this chunk of time from the mid eighties to the mid nineties, she was working constantly. But what was frustrating to me looking back now is a lot of these movies are very hard to find, almost impossible to find, you know, there are these, there's this movie called Garbo Talks that she made in 84 with Anne Bancroft. There's a movie she did yes. called Liberty in 1986 with, with Frank Langella and LeVar Burton. Hollywood Vice Squad in 86. Time Guardians in 87. You know, like all these movies that like you can't find anywhere. Um,
1: Why do I want to say that Garbo Talks was on Netflix
0: at one point? Oh, it might have I been, been be at some point. That up. It's certainly not now i've been I've been checking a lot over okay. the last couple of months to try to watch basically as many of these as I could and actually the the best place that I found between Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon was actually Amazon. Amazon has more than any of the other ones, and in fact, I watched a few of them. I watched a movie she made in nineteen ninety called Sweet Revenge with Rosanna Arquette. Have you ever heard of this movie?
1: Um no.
0: It um it feels like a made for TV movie. I'm not sure if it was. It like looking at her filmography, she did a lot of those too. Um so, this might have been a TV thing, but it's, it wasn't interesting. It wasn't great, but it felt like I say, it felt like a made for TV movie. But, you know, I was trying to watch some of her stuff. I watched, I rewatched Soap Dish. Um, I rewatched. is
1: uh, not a great movie.
0: It is. And she, I can't remember off the top of my head. She's not in it all that much, but. Um, no, she had, I think, the best line in the movie, and now, of course, I can't remember what it is. But I remember thinking, well, <laughs> she didn't get much to do, but at least she got the best line in the whole thing. She had like a a great little button at the end of one of the, one of her scenes. She plays like a casting director for the for the soap opera. Yeah. Um, I rewatched, which so turned good. out to be a <laughs> not so great decision. Uh, a horror movie that she had a cam called sorority row. Have you, have you seen this movie?
1: Oh, yikes! I have not.
0: It's with, um, <laughs> it's with uh rumor Willis uh, and a few other people. Um, not oh, so good.
1: Yes, I have heard of that. I have not seen it.
0: Yeah. So I'm
1: probably grateful about
0: that. It seems like it's, it's, it goes two ways. One is it's called sorority row and it is mostly, female-fronted so there's great things going on you know it's it's mostly young actresses instead of young actors who are getting these roles you know it's female driven however a lot of them you know are eventually nude and you know it's that kind of thing where you're like well you know yeah. <laughs> well maybe that's the reason that they're they're in this part you know it's just the, it's I don't know it's not it's not horrible but it's just it's that kind of uh, it feels a little bit It feels like it's made for the wrong reasons, perhaps. Um, But Carrie Fisher has some good kind of cameo. She plays the like house mother of this, you know, sorority house, so she gets to at least have some fun with it towards the end. Um, When Harry Met Sally is, of course, a classic for me. A movie that you and I have referenced that is enormous in my life is kind of one of. Tom Hanks more throwaway movies, which is yeah. The Burbs. I love that movie. I was about
1: to mention I it. Oh so good. Was so uh, good. I love it so much.
0: And you know, she uh, it's the wife role for her. You know, she again doesn't have yeah. as interesting material as Tom Hanks and the guys do, but she's also not it's also not a wasted role. You know, like there is some substance there and um she she makes a lot of it. She's very likable in that movie.
1: And I think in large part because of her.
0: Yeah, I I agree.
1: You know, she's, yeah, she's pretty, she's powerful. She's just a powerful presence. Yep. And uh, she makes more of what's there almost Mm -hmm. always. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I I watched, I did sort of a YouTube deep dive on her. Oh, did you? To watch interviews. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... So I watched the clip of of um, Lover Boy, and I saw I watched I watched her um, in an episode of Laverne and Shirley. Really? <laughs> and it was um, it was with Hugh Hefner, and and she and um, Laverne Penny Marshall were were trying out to be Playboy bunnies. Oh! And the physical comedy of it. It was surprisingly non-offensive under the circumstances. The physical comedy of it was so funny. The two of them together, they, you know, they were waitresses at, like, the Playboy Club or whatever. And Hugh Hefner comes in, and, and they've got a weight on him. And, you know, they're spilling drinks and lighting things on fire. And it's truly funny. <laughs> and... um You know, it just reminded me of you know how wonderful she is. The
0: other thing I noticed
1: in interviews, I what?
0: Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just saying I'll have to look at that. That look, that sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, you should. It's really fun. It's really cool. The other thing I I I watched her first her first interview on Late Night with Johnny Carson uh, when Episode three of Star Wars came out, or I guess it's not Episode three. It's like Episode six. I don't know. Sure. Anyway. Um, she was – you could see her quirky self would come through sometimes, but she was so nervous and so uncomfortable in her own skin that it was almost – she just sort of put up this, like, veneer of, like, stillness. And then, like, her quirky, you know, responses to things would, would come out, and it was so fascinating to watch that interview – Versus um, an interview she did with Charlie Rose um, much later, uh, I want to say, in in the 90s, early 90s. Hmm. And then um, where she has, you know, just basically decided to let her freak flag fly. Right. And just completely be herself. And uh how much more comfortable she became over time in her own skin is really amazing. Yeah. It's cool to watch. You should you should watch them.
0: I I love watching her interview. There was even some great stuff where like when she was being interviewed with Oprah, there's like her and her mom. I don't know if you've seen any of those, but there's like she really she became known for like how funny she naturally is at a certain point. Instead of yeah. instead of oh, just yeah. being asked, you know, non- meaningful questions about princess leia like it became about her just you know having a great sense of wit and like just being a great conversationalist and um yeah she's just one of those people yeah go
1: ahead
0: sorry oh i was just gonna say she just seems like one of those people who like you'd want to be friends with. I, that's kind of a lame thing to say, but it's really true. Yeah. I think it's, she's just seems like that to anybody. I would think she just seems like somebody who is really fun and somebody who probably brightened nearly every room she was ever in, you know,
1: charismatic and caring. I think she truly, truly cared for her friends yeah. and, uh, and her family. And yeah, I, I think just, I can't imagine you have to have a, to that, have that kind of wit to be able to do that kind of wordplay. I mean, your your IQ yep. really. Her IQ must be off the chart. Yep. And to 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 live in that headspace in the life she had, I, I can't I can't even imagine what it would be like to be in her head.
0: Yeah. It would be amazing it Yeah. I,
1: I totally want to be her best friend.
0: It would have been interesting to see her do improv comedy. You and I come from, you know, that's one of our foundational friendship things was doing improv comedy. And I bet she would have been great or she, she was, I'm sure she did it at some point. Um, I bet she was fantastic at it because she just seems to have one of those minds that like is a limitless and be smart. You know, like you say, she had to be smart to be that good at what she was doing and as a writer too. Um, so, like I say, there were a lot of things on her. I was really surprised how many of her films I wasn't familiar with. Um, but I wanted to mention Me just a couple of quick hits on other ones that I was and kind of get your opinion on it, too. Starting at the beginning, so you said Shampoo was one that you that you were familiar with?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I saw it years ago, like when I was like 11 or 12, but I haven't seen it since. And that's one of them that is almost impossible to find. So I don't remember shampoo. What, what is your feeling about shampoo?
1: Um, I, don't, I, don't remember. I don't remember much about it either because it's been a while. And I, actually, I will, I will revise that and say that I have seen shampoo in chunks. Oh, sure. I remember watching it, like, on, T- on TV, like, TMC when I was young, and right. then seeing Carrie Fisher's portion of it, for sure. Um, you know, the, the scene with Carrie Fisher is, like, wildly dated and inappropriate now. I mean, they use, they, they, I mean, they, they, they use homosexual slurs, and, you know, Carrie oh. Fisher's not wearing a... It's very 70s.
0: Yeah.
1: It's very 70s. It wouldn't hold up now. Um, but you can, you can... You see the beginnings of that sort of brassiness. Mm-hmm. And she's she's so young when she made it, and she still held her own in a scene with Warren Beatty, who'd been doing it for how many years? Right. And was, a you know, for all intents and purposes, a total heartthrob. And she just... I mean, she held her own in the scene. It was really... Um, if if she had any insecurity or fear it didn't show up on screen yeah and sometimes it does sometimes it does with actors you can feel it you know when they don't feel quite secure in their own skin and, right um, there was there was none of that
0: and sometimes it works if for the right kind of character too you know like insecurity like there are some people some actors who kind of actually make a career off of that too you know it's not always uh, yeah. you know not always a downfall it sort of depends upon the character you're playing um, I I would sure. like to revisit shampoo. She referenced her work on shampoo in her most recent book, The Princess Diarist. She didn't she didn't talk at length about I really it. Really want to read it. Yeah, it's it's good and it's a really quick read too. Um, again, I got it on Audible, but I mean, like, it doesn't take very okay. long to listen to at all. It's really quick. Um, but she she referenced it a little bit, and um, it made me kind of want to revisit it. I it's probably not really important that I share my experience with it, but I remember uh, the same. So I had a a good friend growing up, probably my closest friend as I was growing up and his, he had an aunt who used to take us to places. And I know I've referenced this in our podcast because she was the one who took me to see the river wild um, because she was a big Meryl street fan. So I remember when we were again, probably 11 or 12, she was house sitting for some friends. So she was staying in, in some friend's house and she felt you know, like she was either lonely or kind of a little nervous about staying in these people's house. So she she brought her nephew, my friend, and me. And so we stayed there. I think we might've even stayed there a couple nights. You know, we stayed for like a whole weekend. And um, they had, you know, this like shelf of movies. I think it was VHS at the time. It was definitely before DVD. It might've been Laserdisc. And uh, one of them was Shampoo. And so we watched Shampoo. I don't know why it would've appealed to 11 or 12 year olds. so funny. Um, <laughs> but I remember watching it and, um, liking it. It was probably my first exposure to Goldie Hawn, too, who I think is, you know, so, yeah. so good. Wonderful. Um, so anyway, it, uh, I remember, yeah, and I
1: remember Julie Christie in it pretty, pretty vividly. Right. Or more than Goldie Hawn, although I remember her in it as well.
0: Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. continuing the quick hits, it's, um, Blues Brothers, you know, it's it's really an extended cameo, but that's another like just classic amazing amazing iconic movie and, you know, she I think I think that's listed as one of the movies that she did some script doctoring on. That's another thing that some people know about her but not everybody knows, which is that she became well known especially in like the last 20 years as a script doctor. So, like, you know, movies that needed to be punched up, she was one of those people who punched up. I'm sure Probably hundreds of movies over the years. And yeah. uh, Blues Brothers was one of the earliest examples that she's given given some credit to you know, folks were saying that uh, she did some work on that script and if so, you know it's it's nearly a perfect script. Yeah. so
1: I um, I'm gonna make a confession. I have never seen the Blues Brothers. Oh really. Yeah, like, there are, some, there are some truly iconic films. Like, as a film buff, I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen Blues Brothers as one of them. I think, um, well, one, it was made before I was born. Not that I haven't watched a lot of old movies. But my parents, my parents weren't really into SNL or, or uh John Belushi and so it wasn't part of their filmography sure and so I was never exposed to it as a kid and I've just never watched it in adulthood I should
0: I, do that I, I, I would <laughs> I give it a that. I would give it a hearty recommendation I think it's great um, and don't feel bad about not having seen it for goodness sake I don't think I've seen Star Wars so you know <laughs> I think you I think you win in the competition of like crazy things to have not seen Um but it really is. It's it's great. And I mean, it has, um, I think it holds up really well, actually. I think it's really an interesting movie. There's a lot of great music performances in it. You know, Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles and James Brown. And, you know, this amazing assortment of, of awesome. musicians are in it and, and sing. It's just a really well done piece. Um, have you seen, by chance, it's another almost impossible to find. Have you seen Under the Rainbow do you know anything about this movie?
1: No, I'm looking at it right now on IMDb. I see it, but uh, um, let's see. No, but oh
0: my gosh! I know this, this is amazing. It's it. This is actually one of those notorious movies for the subject matter. It's like this weird, bizarre take on uh, the Wizard of Oz that was made. Like it's her and Chevy Chase and um like Eve Arden is in it and like the munchkins from the wizard of Oz. It is like a trip. It's this like, crazy. yes, I remember seeing it on TV years ago, so I don't remember it well. And um, this is another one that I want to revisit this one. Actually, you can find the DVD of. Um, so at some point I'll, I'll invest because it's never on sale, but I'll just pay full price at some point to relive the experience. That is this, absurdity. Basically, I you know, Carrie Fisher and Chevy Chase in the very early 80s um we'll just say I think there was a lot of cocaine on that set and um uh
1: yeah. I
0: think it affected the movie. I think she was pretty open about how it affected the movie, but it just it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to wow. uh, even describe it. So that's another one. Um, I revisited the Man with One Red Shoe, which is another one that she did with Tom Hanks. Do you are you familiar with that movie?
1: I have I have seen it, but not in years. It, I mean, it plays on TV quite a bit. I never stopped to watch it.
0: Oh, okay. Um, it's funny, although I was a little—I didn't remember that in this particular viewing. I was like, oh, okay, so she's in her underwear most of the time, which again, like you know. It is what it is. It's that kind of comedy. So, you know, I, I don't know. I feel, I feel conflicted about it because, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it. It's just, it is the mid eighties and, you know, shortly after Porky's and they were trying, I, I, I'm not saying that's what this movie is. Um, but that's kind of what the vibe of the like mid eighties movies was at this point, I think. And, um, I don't know. It was... But it's it's interesting. Her and Tom Hanks again and Jim Belushi instead... <laughs> another Belushi.
1: Right.
0: Um, so, um, and then I guess maybe the last one that I wanted to reference, I don't know if you have any quick hit ones, but the, the last hit one that I wanted to reference was Hannah and Her Sisters, which is a very mm-hmm. important Woody Allen movie. I know we have uh, complicated feelings about Woody Allen at this point too. Um, but... Hannah and Her Sisters uh, is a really great Woody Allen movie. He's in it. Mia Farrow, Diane Wiest, who Carrie Fisher has most of her scenes with. Michael Caine, um, Barbara Hershey. There's all sorts of great actors in this. And I think the best thing about it is, in terms of Carrie Fisher, is she gets to sing in the movie. She's you know She auditions for a Broadway show and stands on stage and sings a song. I think it's My Funny Valentine. I can't remember, but um, it's a standard of some sort and you know they let her sing a whole like verse and chorus or something and it's it's lovely I uh
1: I love her singing voice yeah I love it I love it I have I I have not seen her and her sisters either oh, okay. because again I, again Woody, Woody Woody Allen was not one of my parents they just didn't like him and um and so I didn't grow up with it and I have to some extent, watched some of his films. Unfortunately, I think I got exposed to Woody Allen with his more recent films. Oh sure. Uh, first movies like Match Point, Cassandra's Dream, and I just really did not like them. A visceral reaction to the way he wrote women. It was difficult for me to turn around and revisit his old work without that point of reference, and of course, everything that's happened with him. So. I don't I, you know, I haven't seen a lot of the classic Woody Allen films I watched um, um, I, I, I watched Annie Hall I was
0: going to say I, I couldn't
1: get I couldn't get past it oh really uh, I, I just couldn't I couldn't get past it yeah no really I couldn't he, he annoyed he annoyed me so bad I know it's horrible like people are gonna be like what I mean people are so faithful to Annie Hall I and mean, they love it I have friends who adore it and I just I can't I can't
0: get past it. It it it's all fair. Exactly. I I think with Woody Allen and everything that he's gone through on the personal level like he's one of those people that people just know he's not for everybody, you know. There's there's a taking on of um I don't know, it's hard to take him on at this point, but um I would recommend his I think it's actually his most recent which is called Cafe Society. It's with Steve Carell and um Yeah. I I liked that one. Um, I thought it was really good. I tend to end Blue Jasmine, of course, with with the great Kate Blanchett, which is another...
1: I did see Blue Jasmine and liked it.
0: Yeah.
1: Although I felt like, again, I couldn't get past... I couldn't get past that he somewhat reveled in just torturing this woman. You know? I I mean... um, Oh, he made, he he wrote one and directed one with um, um oh gosh, Larry. Oh yeah, the, the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, Larry
0: David. Whatever yeah, works. I like that one.
1: Rach, Rach, yeah, Rachel Evanwood again. I I struggled with the, the plot line, um, you know, and the portrayal of women. I um, obviously Match Point, Cassandra's Dreamer in there. He did one with Emma Stone.
0: He's done a couple with her that now.
1: Was
0: Collins, yeah,
1: Colin Firth.
0: Yep, Magic in the Moonlight was that one, and then but she yes. was she was I think also in Irrational Man, which is the one that he, I'm looking at his IMDb. This I'm not that good at yeah. recall. Um, but she was in Irrational Man, which is the one he did right after that with uh, Joaquin Phoenix too. So he did two in a row. I haven't with Emma seen Stern. that one. I did, but I don't remember it. I don't remember much. And actually okay. going back. Um, I saw
1: magic in the moonlight and it offended me as well because you have this grumpy, irascible man who doesn't change at all. And she falls in love with him and the end. I'm just like, oh. Oh,
0: <laughs> I don't think I saw that one. Um, the only thing I really remember about whatever works which is the Larry David, Evan Rachel Wood one was the idea of the I remember for some reason that whenever they would wash their hands they would they would sing the ABCs. Do you remember that? They would yes. sing the ABCs yes. because they were saying oh, it was unless a happy birthday. or something, yeah. And it was the idea yeah, of, yeah. unless you washed your hands for that length of time, you w- weren't really doing anything. Which is funny because now almost every time I wash my hands, I think of that. Yes, which is, me too. So, <laughs> so that's what I remember from that's the Larry hilarious. David one. I love Larry David. I know he's probably you know. As as a guy who who certainly considers himself a, a feminist and for equality, Larry David might not be the most uh, progressive voice out there, too. Um, so uh, you know that's complicated. But yeah. you, you know he's all he's a very funny guy too. I don't know. It's it's so complicated. How do you how do you get into these I things? Know. Are you allowed to appreciate somebody if you don't um, necessarily respect every single choice that they ever make? You know, it's it's complicated, but. Um,
1: and yeah, there have been films that, like, I did. I, I mean, I, I, I see the quality in Blue Jasmine. Sure. I do. And um, you know, I enjoyed uh, to some extent. I enjoyed like Midnight in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought I thought it was a little. He has a very sort of black and almost like simplistic way of writing plot. Yeah. There's not much nuance there. Right. Um. And and so you know, there's that. But you know, not not everything he does completely offends me. But I'm sort of in the camp now where I'm just avoiding him at all costs.
0: I also find, from no. my personal experience, that it's it's almost all retread territory at this point. Like I haven't, I don't feel like he's really put yeah. out something kind of really revolutionary in a while. I have been a little bit curious about. He did a show, like a a television show with Miley Miley right which seems like an interesting pairing it got really bad reviews I haven't heard anything about it I'm assuming it's available somewhere but um, it got really I
1: think it's on
0: Netflix is it I'll have to look at it but it got really I think so I I heard some not great things about it so um, I think the fact that we haven't heard much about it and we don't know where we can find it if we can find it is probably ultimately not a good (laughs) sign Um, not a good sign but um, do you have any other quick mm-hmm. hits on on Carrie Fisher before we wrap up that segment? Any other? The
1: only other thing I want to revisit. So I, she was in Fairytale Theater. Oh sure. She played Thumbelina, and I don't. Did you watch Fairytale Theater as a kid?
0: Is that the one that um, Shelly Duval?
1: Yes, Shelly yeah. Duval. Yes, she was the host. And that fairy tale theater played a massive part of my childhood. It, it? not only creeped me out, but I absolutely loved it. Right? Okay. <laughs> and there were so many famous actors. Yeah. Who participated in it. Yep. And I don't. Rem- I mean, I know I watched Thumbelina, but I don't remember her as Thumbelina. So I'm going to try and find it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. They should. They should put those out. Um I'm not sure who our audience is so this is probably fruitless but like whoever out there is in charge of like releasing movies let's get more Carrie Fisher's like I'm guessing it's not the royalties standing in your way like there's probably this assumption that because a lot of these movies weren't the most successful things that there's no interest in them but there is like get these things out there so we can view them you know there there's a lot of her work that should be revisited. There's there's a movie that she did in yeah. 1992 called "This Is My Life" that I'm really curious about. I remember it mostly because, um, as a singer songwriter, I, I like Carly Simon quite a bit too, and she did the music for that one. Actually, she did the music for a few oh, of Carrie she? Fisher's movies. I think they were friends and um, so this is my life is one that I'm I hoping to see at some point I
1: remember this movie I loved it
0: I've never seen it I think that it was probably on TV back in the day when we were kids but I you know
1: oh my gosh yeah I mean I I had no recollection of having seen it until I just looked at the poster and I was like oh, I remember this
0: yeah there's probably a few of those Carrie Fisher ones in there yeah but oh yeah who is the person in that movie who is the who's the lead? does it tell you
1: um yeah, it's uh Kavner
0: oh Julie Kavner we go.
1: yeah, yeah, Julie Kavner and gabby Hoffman
0: gabby Hoffman is daughters. one I was thinking and, of, yeah,
1: yeah, and um uh Samantha Mathis,
0: oh yeah, 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 her other daughter, yeah, yeah, is um
1: yeah, it's um I wanted, super charming
0: I wanted to say Gabby Hoffman, but that didn't sound right to me for some reason, um. Yeah, anyway.
1: And actually, the funny thing about this is I don't remember what, uh, but on some VHS that I watched all the time as a kid, the preview for this movie was before it. Oh. And, I, re- I, and I, ended up see- I ended up seeing the movie. It's really charming. Um, but um, I remember the preview better than I remember the movie because I watched it so many times. <laughs> and I don't remember what VHS it was on.
0: Interesting, interesting. Well, yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Cool. Well, so good to revisit cool. these Carrie Fisher movies. Um, did, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention? No.
1: Okay. No. I just, I just love her. Go, go, dig up her work, everyone. Yeah. Check her out. Read her books.
0: Read her books. Um, yeah.
1: Revel in the magnificence that is Carrie Fisher. Yeah. She's pretty spectacular and one of a kind.
0: As great an actress as she is, and she really is, um, you know, those books will give you an insight as to who she was as a person and how fun and um, how diverse her interests and talents are and were, you know. And, um, you know, she should be celebrated. So go go check out her work in all its forms. But don't ignore the books because they're really great stuff.
1: Um, I would actually go there first.
0: Yeah, I would, too. I would, too. Uh- we are a movie podcast, so I think our audience, you know, who knows, but...
1: Um. I would <laughs> be like, don't watch movies, go read books. We're very consistent on this show. <laughs> well,
0: that's the way it goes. Um, so we thought we would have, uh, we're, you know, we normally do a couple of different segments uh, for, for our kind of standard Meryl Streep episodes where we talk about... Um, Six Degrees thing that we connect some other actor or actress or writer or director to Meryl Streep, we're going to skip that for Carrie Fisher, mostly because we hadn't talked about it in advance and didn't want to just kind of spontaneously do that. So um, if I remember correctly, Meryl, um, this is usually the thing I forget, but and it has been two months since our last episode, but I think the one we were trying to connect uh, is Ruth Nega. Is that do? You, does that sound correct? I have
1: no recollection. I'm sure, p-
0: I'm pretty sure that's, that's the one. one. So we're gonna s- stick with that for next time for Meryl uh, when we do our postcards from the Edge episode. But I've
1: already got one.
0: Do you? Actually, I do too because I just saw yeah. Loving, um, the one that she was just nominated for, oh, and okay. there's a Meryl connection in that one. Um, but I mean, She's I'm also in
1: Preacher, and there's a Meryl connection next.
0: In Preacher?
1: It's a t- yeah, it's a TV
0: show. Oh. I'm, I'm sure Ruth's in that. I've never heard oh, of that show. because I just
1: saw a preview of it last night.
0: Really? I've I not know, heard of that TV show. Interesting. Yeah. She was She was really great in Loving. Really great in Loving.
1: I really want to see it. She's wonderful.
0: Yeah, she was and good. Just, yeah. Um, but we are yeah. going to do well, our other segment, which is the movies that usually... We say movies that Meryl was almost in today. We're going to just read a list of, I don't know, there's probably seven or eight of these here. I have a little list of movies that Carrie Fisher was either offered a part or was considered for. And um, maybe I'll just kind of read these. If you want to, you know, if you have something specific to say about any of these, Merrill, feel free to interrupt. Otherwise, I'll just kind of do them as a as a rundown. Um, she turned, she turned down the Kelly McGillis role in a movie called The Accused, which won Jodie Foster her first Oscar. I've not seen that one, so I don't really know anything. Um,
1: oh, it's, it's intense and very, very, very good.
0: Yeah. I remember Jodie Foster gets raped, so I, I just kind of tried to stay away from that one. Um, Arthur. She turned down the the lead role in Arthur that Liza Minnelli played, which is kind of interesting to me. Oh! That's very interesting. <laughs> that would have been something. She was, uh, it says, considered, which means she probably wasn't offered, but she was considered the role of Rizzo in Greece that Stockard Channing eventually played, which I could totally see.
1: Oh, she would have been fantastic. I mean, I love Stalker Channing too. Yeah. And she would have been great. Yeah,
0: no, I love Stalker Channing. I'm with you. It, like, there's nothing wrong with Stalker Channing in that part, but I could also have seen Carrie Fisher in it. Um, she initially signed on to do a movie with Paul Newman called I Want to Hold Your Hand. I don't know that movie. Um, and she was replaced. I don't a- yeah, she was eventually replaced by Paul Newman's daughter, Susan Kendall Newman. So, whatever. Um, Interesting. This is one that, to me, was very interesting. William Goldman, who wrote the book *The Princess Bride*, said that Carrie Fisher was the ideal mm-hmm. choice for Buttercup, which was originally, which was eventually, of course, played by Robin Wright. Um, so I'm not sure if she was ever actually considered for that part, or if it was just who the author thought should play the part. But
1: can you imagine somebody like Carrie Fisher in that role? It would have been. It would have been so
0: different. It would
1: have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. man. Just sort of that sort of sassy, sarcastic. Yeah,
0: I it could would see have it. have
1: been amazing.
0: Yeah, I could totally see it. Um, although I do feel like that's the part that put Robin Wright on the map. And I really like her a lot, too. So I'm, yes. you know, it's one of I those. I do, too. It's a circumstance where I, I'm. Almost glad it went the way it did just because, you know, if we lived in a world without Robin Wright, House of Cards would be a lot more boring. <laughs> and, and so would a lot of yeah, other right. things that she was in. But she kind of, to me... It's like
1: Stockard Channing in Greece. Yeah. Perfectly T- perfectly content with the person who was cast, but it would have been very cool to see the altern- alternative reality.
0: Right. Yeah, and I don't mean to min- to diminish Robin Wright's other work by saying just House of Cards, but I like she's just so good on that show. That show is is her show at this point as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. Um Scarface, she was considered for, <laughs> believe it or not, the part Michelle Pfeiffer played in Scarface, which would have been Crazy. Also that movie came out in eighty three, which was the same year that the last Star Wars movie came out. So like just thinking time wise of where Carrie Fisher was in her career to have been in the last Star Wars movie and Scarface in the same year would have been polar opposite craziness. Wow.
1: So Yeah. I wonder I wonder did she turn it down or was she considered?
0: It says considered for that one.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um Yeah, who knows? On another side note, Michelle Pfeiffer um, is in this movie that's coming out on HBO this week with Robert De Niro about Bernie Madoff, and it looks really good. They're saying Meryl, that Michelle Pfeiffer Ooh. has a couple really good roles this year. This might be not a comeback because she's she's not really ever disappeared, but it, like this may be a major year for Michelle Pfeiffer. She's kind of laid low for a little while, and they're saying she's got a couple really good projects in the can. So um, it'll be I'm interesting excited. to see what happens. I like her a lot, too. She's great. Um, I love her. I've got three more real quick ones. Um, Fresh off Star Wars, she was said to be considered uh, for Lois Lane in the first Superman, the one with uh, Christopher Reeve. Um, Oh, I
1: would have preferred that
0: enormously. Over Margot Kidder or whatever her name is?
1: Yeah, I don't like... I have no disrespect to Margot Kidder, but I just could never quite get on board with her.
0: Really? I've never seen any of those. So I don't know, but... Um, That would have been, again, kind of just thinking of where she would have been in her life. I think the first Superman was 78. So, I mean, like, Star Wars, one year Superman, the next would have just been craziness.
1: That would have been intense,
0: yeah. So, um, here's another one, another Jodie Foster connection, going back to the accused. She, Carrie Fisher auditioned for the role that Jodie Jodie Fister, Jodie Foster... (laughs) I was. I only said that because I was looking at Margot Kidder above it. Jodie Foster <laughs> um, played in Taxi Driver, um, but she Carrie Fisher turned it down because she wasn't comfortable with that part. Now that to me is interesting because that's before Star Wars. So the only movie she had made was um, was uh, what was the one? Where, Shampoo. So that would have right. been. That would have been interesting. Also, um, Carrie Fisher was certainly young, but like Jodie Foster was really young in that part. That would have kind of, that would have upped the I age, I think. It I think needed that. I think so too. Even though it's kind of, it makes you feel sleazy to say that. I think it needed that. That's kind of the purpose of that role, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Things could have changed like in an American history standpoint way if you think about it. Like, you know, the, remember the guy who shot Reagan was obsessed with Jodie Foster mostly because of taxi driver you know like that really kind of kick-started Jodie Foster's she was a child actress so she had certainly done things before that and would have continued to work but that was a pretty major work in her career so that could have changed everything maybe the ripple effect yep um last one uh is when Harry met Sally and before you say well wait she was in when Harry met Sally she auditioned for the, the Meg Ryan role in when Harry met Sally right so.
1: I, I remember having heard that. And, oh, gosh, it worked out so well. Holy it moly. did.
0: <laughs> Another example of we might not have had Meg Ryan in the way that we did. You know, she had done a few things, smaller supporting roles, but that kind of was the first main thing. And um, it's the ripple effect you were just talking about. It would have changed a lot of things. So. And Craig Fisher was great in the role that she was in. You know, it showed... You know, I, I'm i not saying she couldn't have pulled off Sally. She she probably would have been great. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah,
1: she would, she would have been. I, I love her in the role she was in. She I just, do, too. I mean, she has some of the best lines in the movie.
0: Right. And they feel improvised, you know. I mean, it feels like. Oh, yeah. It feels real off the cuff in a way that would be probably hard for other actors to do. So, like, her and Bruno Kirby have really great chemistry in that movie in the same way that like in the same way that Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan had great chemistry, you know, like it felt like those were the couples that they should have been, you know, and again, we don't know, you know, maybe she and Billy Crystal would have had the same great chemistry that, that Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan did, but it just, it worked the way it was. So, um, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it really did.
0: So... Well, fantastic! I'm so glad we got to do all this, and we're we're back, everybody. Me too. We're back. Yes, I'm so
1: excited. Me too. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be back. Me Talked too. About Merrill and other fantastic actors.
0: Yeah. So next week or next episode, I shouldn't say next week, given our track record lately, but next episode. <laughs> We're going back to Merrill. We're going back to Postcards from the Edge, which I couldn't be more excited to revisit. This is probably the Meryl Street movie I've seen the most. I revisit this one fairly consistently just because I love it so much. But I'm going to rewatch it just for this podcast. Um, it's. I look forward to it. It's just a great film.
1: Yeah, I'm excited too. I um I, I rewatched it. Oh gosh, not that not that long ago. Maybe maybe a couple months ago. But I'm going to revisit it again too. Um, so it's
0: it's fresh next time we talk. Yeah, so cool. Well, um, yeah, I adore it. yeah, it's it's really well done. So cool. Well, I think we're I think we're good to go today. I think we've got a nice episode in the can here and um, yeah, we appreciate yeah. Carrie Fisher and we're glad to have talked about her. We'll hopefully come back and get to do another episode one of these days uh, real soon about somebody else and uh, kind of look at somebody's entire, career it's kind of fun to do that
1: yeah so fun I I enjoy it
0: yeah so um we need a we need a tagline to get us out we need like a until next time or something we need to uh but for now I guess we'll just say
1: actually for our listeners toss us some ideas on what we should do to sign off
0: there you go that's a great idea um for for now we'll just leave it at we're happy to be back we're thankful that you're sticking with us and that we're still in your uh you know hopefully we showed up as you subscribe to the show and we just appear on your phone or wherever you're listening and um we'll try not to take so long next time and uh, we're glad to be back and we'll see you next time
1: bye everybody